For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Forgiveness and grace. Let's look at that today in Genesis chapter number 37. And we're going to look at the life of Joseph and see the forgiveness and the grace that he received, but he also gave. He's a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. Jesus gives us forgiveness and he gives us grace grace amen so before we get into the forgiveness of joseph let's look at his life when he was 17 years old he was dwelling in the land with his father when they were strange in the land of canaan he was 17 years old and he was his father's favorite so much so that his father made him a coat of many colors a special coat And what his father didn't realize, or maybe didn't care, I don't know which, but that coat that he made him was a bullseye that he put on him, that his brothers hated him, that they could not speak peaceably to him. Anytime you show a child, one of your children, favoritism, the others will not like it, and they will not like them. Why? Because it's wrong. All the way around, any way you look at it, it's wrong. So much so that he would send Joseph out to check on his brothers. Now, his brothers were out working, tending to the sheep. They were shepherds. Uh, They were out working. And his father, Jacob, would send his son Joseph out. Go check on your brothers and see what they're doing. Make sure they're doing their job. Bring back a report as to what's going on. You know that's never good when you have one child do that to the other. I don't care if they're grown adults and you have them do it. It it usually doesn't work out very good. And these brothers were so mad when they saw him coming. The Bible says that they conspired to slay him. They wanted to kill him because he had had a dream and he told them the dream that they would bow down to him someday. And so would his parents. And that was his dream. Maybe he was a little braggadocious when he told them that. But even so, they already didn't like him. They already couldn't speak peaceably to him. And now he's having a dream saying that you're going to bow down to me. So when they saw him coming, when his father sent him to check on their brothers, and they saw him coming, they were angry. Here come this dreamer. They said, and they thought about it, and they said, let's slay him. Man, that is so harsh, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? They didn't think, let's beat him up. Let's take that coat of many colors and set it on fire. Let's beat him up and tie him up and, and torture him a little bit. No, they thought to slay him, to kill him, to murder him. That's how angry they were with him. That's how much they could not stand him. 
But one of the brothers said, wait, let's not, let's not kill him. What profit is that to us? And so some Midianites, some, some merchants, merchantmen came by. And here's Joseph. They had Joseph. They had thrown him down in a pit. And here these Midianites come by. And the brother had the idea, let's sell him. Let's sell him as a slave into slavery. And they sold their little brother into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. Man, that hurt, doesn't it? Maybe he had a broken bone when he fell down that hole, but I can promise you that didn't hurt near as bad as his own brothers, older brothers, turning on him and hurting him mentally. I can promise you that that, that hurt worse than any broken bone ever could to know that these older brothers that should have been looking out for him, that should have protected him, that should have watched over him, were the very ones that turned on him and hurt him and sold him into slavery. Wow, that's rough, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. But the Bible says these Midianites carried him and sold him to an Egyptian, and his name was Potiphar. And the Bible says that he was an officer of Pharaoh, a captain of the guard, but it was so much so that God's hand was upon Joseph that Potiphar soon noticed that everything that he asked him to do prospered. Everything that he put in Joseph's hand, God blessed. So much so that Potiphar himself was benefiting from the fact that he would give Joseph something to do, this slave that he had bought, he would give him something to do. And it would make his own house prosper. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when the hand of God is upon you, when God puts his favor upon you, it doesn't matter who does what to you or who turns on you. There's no family member. There's no religion. There's no church. There's no group of people. And there's no enemy that can remove the favor of God from your life. And everything that bad was bad happened to him. He was bought by Potiphar. But the Bible says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Wait a minute. I thought he was a slave. Wait a minute. I thought his brothers took him captive and sold him. And now he's working as a slave in Potiphar's house. Yes. But the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. So much so, if you read Genesis chapter 39, verse number 5, it says, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer, talking about Potiphar, made him overseer of his house, in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. The Bible says that this man, this Egyptian, this Egyptian's house was blessed for their sake? No, the Bible says that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. You listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't matter where you work or who your employer is or how good they are or how bad they are. The Bible says that God himself can bless them so they in turn will bless you. You simply must be faithful to God Almighty. 
So here you have a young man who is a God-fearing man. And if you know, if you read the Bible enough, you'll know that when I says Egypt, Egypt is a picture of the world. Here God is blessing this Egyptian's house for the sake of Joseph. Now all the while, all the while, Joseph had no idea what God was going to really do with them. Joseph probably didn't know why he was going through this. All these injustices were happening to him. And so he, he's here. He's in Potiphar's house. The, the Potiphar has made him overseer of everything that he has. But something happens. Potiphar's wife gets an eye for Joseph. And she wants to be with him. So much so that she tries to entrap him. Several times she was after him. But finally one time she grabbed a hold of his coat and he ran out and she had a hold of it. And she told her husband that he tried to take advantage of her. And so Potiphar took him down to the prison and put him in prison. Now he could have been killed for that, but he didn't. He wasn't killed for it. He was put in prison. And this is what it says, though, after he was thrown in prison. Why? Here he is sold into slavery, bought by Potiphar. Potiphar raised him up and gives him a position over all that he has. And he even tells Potiphar's wife, my master has put everything in my hand except you because you're his wife. And here, do you know what Joseph must have felt like when his wife lied on him? He, I'm sure he wanted to say, sir, I have been more faithful to you than your own wife. And do I dare say I believe that Potiphar had some notion of what really went on because he could have easily, he could have easily had Joseph killed. He had all the power to do that, yet he didn't. He took him down to the prison and put him in prison. It says in uh, chapter 39, verse 20, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in prison. Well, that sounds bad, doesn't it? But I tell you, the very next verse says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Ladies and gentlemen, God can show you favor through another person. God can throw, show you favor through your employer. God can show you favor through another human being. God uses people. And here God is showing, giving Joseph. The Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. Who gave him favor? The Lord gave him favor. Who showed him mercy? The Lord showed him mercy. Why? Because he was faithful to God. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. He had a lot of injustices going on, and that can happen in your life and mine. But you be faithful to God, and God, God, God himself can show you mercy, and he can use another person to do that. And he was doing that with Joseph, with the keeper of the prison. He would be like the warden, if you will, the one that ran it. And listen to what verse 23 says. But the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it 
to prosper. Everything Joseph did, the Lord made it to prosper. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's exactly what happened in Potiphar's house. Everything that Joseph did, the Lord made it to prosper. It doesn't matter where you are or what injustices does to you. When God shows you favor, when God's hand is upon you, he can make you prosperous no matter where you're at or who has done anything or what to you. Nobody, nobody, nobody except you, yourself, can stop the plan that God has on you for your life. Your spouse may cause you problems. Your husband, your wife, your family members, the church, your friends, whatever the case may be. But it cannot and it will not stop the plan that God has on your life. Only you can do that. God gives you such free will that he won't touch it. Your free will is so sacred that God himself will not touch it. He wants you to choose him. And so here, Joseph is being, even though he's in prison, he's being showed favor. And God is with him. The keeper of the prison can see that, that the Lord's with him. You know, if you know the story, the butler and the baker get thrown into prison by Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not happy with them and threw them in prison. And they had a dream. And they, they, they were wanting somebody to interpret the dream. And Joseph, Joseph interpreted the dream for him. One of them would be their head would be taken off and the other would be restored back to his position with Pharaoh. He hanged the chief baker, Pharaoh did. Yet the chief buffler, he got to go back to his position being next to Pharaoh. And Joseph said, please don't forget me. Don't forget me. I'm in here. All these injustices have happened to me. I shouldn't be here. Don't forget me. But you know what? He forgot him for a short while. For two years, the Bible says, until Pharaoh had a dream. And nobody could interpret that dream. But the butler said, he went to Pharaoh and said, I know somebody when I was in prison that could interpret the dream. And they said they went and got him. Joseph, they pulled him out. They, they made him shave. They put new clothes upon him. And they took him before Pharaoh. And he interpreted that dream. And he told him, you're going to have many years of famine but first, you're going to have many years of plenty. And he told him that dream. And Pharaoh was so amazed and so impressed that that morning he woke up a prisoner in prison. And that evening when he went to bed for interpreting that dream, he was made second in charge over all the land. And this is what Pharaoh had to say about Joseph. In Genesis 41, verse 38, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh made him second in command. Just underneath him, Pharaoh was only the only one more powerful, as far as man goes, than Joseph Matter of fact, Pharaoh took his ring off his hand and he put it on Joseph's hand and he arrayed him in vesture and fine linen and gold. That was a signal that I give you power. I give you authority. 
So all the while, 13 years this went on, where he was sold into slavery, bought by Potiphar, thrown into prison. 13 years go by. And now all of a sudden, he's second in command over all of Egypt. What power, what influence, what authority he now has. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were going to train your child to be the next president of the United States, you'd want him in the best colleges, around the best people, around Ivy League colleges, the best professors. You want him to get the best education, be around the best people, have the best training. But God said, you know what I'm going to do to train this young man? I'm going to have him enslaved by his own family and sold into slavery, have his family, his brothers turn on him, sold into Potiphar's house. I'm going to have him lied upon and then thrown into prison. God had him. For 13 years, Joseph was in God's leadership training program. Our ways are not God's ways. His ways are much higher than our ways. If he'd have took Joseph and took him from his father and made him second in command over Egypt, he'd have been so bound up with pride, God had to build his character before he could allow him to be in such a position of authority and power. Why? Because absolute power absolutely corrupts. It really does. You can take a good man and you give him absolute authority and power, it will corrupt him when there's no accountability. It will destroy him. Most of the time, and I've seen it, people destroy themselves when they have so much power and so much authority. But God said, in order to fix that, I'm going to put him through God's leadership training program to build his character to where he can handle this, where he will be a great leader. And he was a great leader. So much so that even Pharaoh noticed it. It got so good for Joseph in the land of Egypt, being in charge, he was able to have a wife. He was able to have two boys. And it got so good for Joseph in Genesis chapter 41, verse 51. Listen to what it says. And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. It got so good for Joseph, he named his boys that it's so good God's made me forget all my toil. Made me forget all that hurt and all that pain, all that suffering. And his other son, he named him a name that meant God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the hurt, the pain, and the suffering, God has shown me mercy. God has shown me grace. So Joseph named his kids as God had changed his heart, ladies and gentlemen. And so as time passes, see, there would first be uh, seven years of plenty in the land of Egypt. That was Pharaoh's dream. But then there would be seven years of famine, be running out of food. And so the land starts drying up. The land starts running out of food. But all the while, those first seven years, Joseph knew it. And he was storing up grain. He was storing up supplies because he knew those seven years of famine were coming. And when they hit, he was the only one that had supplies 
to make bread, to be able to feed his people. Not only could he feed his own people, he could feed the whole nation because he had prepared. And verse 56, and the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, because they were his father and his father's house and his brothers, they were all going to starve to death. But his father saw there was corn in Egypt. Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look here one upon another? And I, I wrote a note there in my Bible. Don't just stand there looking stupid. That's basically what he was saying. He says, why do you look, why don't stand here looking at each other? Let's do something. Load up, go get some food. We're all going to starve to death. And so they go and they go to Egypt. They had no idea they were going to be standing before their brother, their younger brother that they sold into slavery. And chapter 42 and verse number five tells you, and the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan, and Joseph was the governor over all the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land, and Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, he knew them, but made himself strange in them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said to them, Whence come ye? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. See, he recognized them. But you got to figure, 13 years had passed. Now he's went from a boy to a man. Not only that, he's speaking in Egyptian. They don't understand him. They have an interpreter. Not only that, I'm sure they didn't expect him to be dressed uh, in royal attire with so much power and authority. They had no idea that it was him. But he knew them. Now, he didn't, whether or not he completely forgave them before they got there, I don't know. But I know he sure toyed with them. He sold them some food, but then he put their money in their sack and he, he let them go. And then he sent somebody after him to get them. And then brought them back. And then set them up again and sent them out. And then he put his cup, his silver cup, in Benjamin. See, Benjamin was his real biological brother. They had the same mother. Well, the other brothers had different mothers. And they were so worried, and they knew it in chapter 42 and verse 21. And they said one to another, We are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul, and we sought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is the distress come upon us. They thought back and they said, this is why this is happening, because of what we did. They didn't even know it was Joseph yet, but they knew that this event was happening because of what they did. Careful what you do, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says you will reap what you sow. Absolutely, you will. And so they realized that this, and they were afraid, and this came upon them. And I know Joseph was upset when he saw them because he loved them that was his family that was his brothers you know that he loved them especially his younger brother benjamin and when he finally revealed himself said i am your brother joseph he wept bitterly but he forgave him and he fed him and he gave him land to live in and it's a perfect picture of the lord jesus christ and what he did for us 
We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning into Crossbound Ministry Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $25 or more, we will send you a copy of Ray Comfort's book, Nothing Created Everything. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook or visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a woman in need of help with your pregnancy, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There's locations in Inverness and Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507 and Bruce Kaufman Construction, providing all your home building needs, 352-400-0230. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida, 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200.